0: I'm Beth Hendry Yim, and you are listening to Vital Moments, a podcast that focuses on becoming better at any age. I'm here with Dr. Carmen Luderbach, a naturopathic physician with a special focus in fertility care, pregnancy and perinatal care, thyroid health, PCOS, and female hormonal health. She has advanced training in both obstetrics and preconception care, and I also know that you have advanced training in genetics welcome to the talk thank you so much beth it's just a real pleasure to be here
1: to chat with you and also just share this information that i feel is like is going to be some golden
0: nuggets for for women who've been who've been struggling with fertility all right so tell me a little bit about this genetic training are there specific genes that have to do with fertility
1: well, genetic the genetic training involved a program called OPUS 23, and it was advanced training through uh, different sessions over, over weekend courses, and we learned a remarkable amount about making these genetic reports medically relevant. So we can take a genetic report from Ancestry.ca or 23andMe, and we can totally personalize the report based on the patient's goals. So if I have a patient interested in fertility... I can pull up a report that's going to narrow in on all of her goals and the, and the genes that are, are relevant for a, a most healthy outcome of the baby. So that program is, I think there's only a small handful. Last time I looked, there was half a dozen trained in all of BC, so I feel really proud that I can generate those types of reports for women. And to answer your question there, the two genes that I really highlight from, from these reports are have all of these genes have fancy pants names. There's these long acronyms. So I don't want anyone to be focused or hung up on the name. It's just so we have something to um, refer to the genes on. So the first one that is the most common gene that can be impacted in the larger part of the population is always so amusing. And I remember learning about in school and getting quite a kick out of the name because it's MTHFR so if you wanted to sound that out people kind of get a kick out out of that but um in terms of this gene up to 30 percent of the population some estimates closer towards 50 percent have a delayed function in this gene somehow the gene is sluggish it's, it's a bit dirty it's been impacted by our lifestyle it's not only about what we inherited but it's about our lifestyle nutritional factors that have created a gene that's dirty and or a gene that's clean So the MTHFR refers to the way your body processes folate. So this is going to feel like unbelievable information for for you folks new to this genetic um, interpreting because we now know with all the information gathered on folic acid that synthetic folic acid interferes with this gene and causes more potential obstacles for mom and baby than benefits. So I now advise my patients to avoid synthetic folic acid added to whole grain products or breads or pastas. The chemical folic acid is a problematic nutrient for folks that have impairments in this gene and we we can test that and we can take a closer look. Its job is to take folate, which is a B vitamin number nine and change it into Another type of folate called methylfolate. This is the gene, this is the type of folate found in food. So I I think that for preconception men and women, their powerhouse food is dark green leafy vegetables. Hands down, highest source. So, like, just like Popeye there (laughs) eating your spinach, I mean, the green leafy vegetables are a super food for fertility. They have the methylated folate, folate. already in there so it bypasses any problems that could be happening with this
0: gene so dr so Luke, doc, I just, can, can i just yeah. interject here and just i just want to uh, backtrack a little bit and what is folic acid for like why is it so important for the for fertility or for baby oh thank you so
1: much so there's 200 functions I know, right? This is going to be a four-hour session. Um, it does a lot. It's unbelievable. It does a lot for men and for women. It's, it's helping in cell reproduction and the repair of our DNA. So every single tissue, especially sperm and egg, have DNA and need, need it to be protected, need it to be pristine in order to have the best outcome for baby. So I think if you imagine it as a, a way to clean, clean up your genes and um, keep your genetic code healthy, that would be a good way to think about it. Um, I wanted to touch on, just briefly, one, the symptoms that you can see. Sometimes you have no symptoms, but the symptoms that you can see with this gene and the um, people who may be most at risk that should get this test done. So just in general here, uh, folks who have lifelong struggles with anxiety, brain fog, and mood swings between a blue depression and anxiety day by day, they're chemically sensitive people folks who have a lot of irritability, a hair-trigger temper, and just feeling um, a bit of instability with the mood. So that may be signs you'd see in a person. Sort of findings you'd see, especially with fertility, would be that these are folks that tend to be low thyroid, that tend to have low white blood cells most of their life. Patients come in with that and they'd say, well, this is normal for me, but it may be an indicator. They have strong side effects from laughing gas. Now, this is a really important one. They have had IVF or significant interventions in order to become pregnant and have had difficulties carrying to term, uh, uh, recurrent miscarriages perhaps. Um, One or more of their children may be on the autism spectrum. One or more of their children may have Down syndrome. They may not tolerate uh, medications that involve this methyl cycle like methotrexate. Um, They get major menstrual cramps and clots in their menstrual fluids. So... I think I'll I'll leave it at their own. Oh, and then at, another interesting thing, the last thing I got to keep tying this into diet is that um, folks who don't eat leafy green vegetables every day have a higher risk, and folks that feel better when they eat leafy greens um, have a have a risk. So again, that's, huh. that just speaks to the superpower of the leafy green vegetables.
0: So I just want to uh, say to our listeners that <clears throat> we'll have some of these uh, this list of of. Um, Potential symptoms that will give be a sign of deficiencies in folic acid Um, We'll put that on our show notes. So make sure to check the show notes after um, you listen to this Okay, so What type of folic acid is best like you said something about synthetic? Do women who want to conceive do they need to take a supplement
1: that's a really good question, and it also involves males in their fertility journey. They, they also sometimes need the proper folic acid. So I, I'd estimate more than 90% on-the-shelf prenatals have synthetic folic acid. That's very problematic, so it can dirty up this gene. And if you already have a weakness in this area, it's kind of perpetuating that. So the type that you need to look for is, again, the food-derived folate from these green leafy vegetables. And it's, it, it stands for MTHF, or you'd read it on the bottle as methyl tetrahydrofolate. Sorry, I just wanted to make a disclaimer around the, this type of folate. Um, many people don't tolerate, including fertility folks, don't tolerate taking this as a supplement. Sometimes they need to do other processes in their health first, and maybe they need to start very low. So when it comes to using folate, I do encourage you to work with a professional because if, you, if this gene is dirty in your body, then you're going to have side effects and many of them are kind of psychological.
0: They could be psychological in folks that have this genetic alter, altercation. So when you say a gene is dirty and you need to get it clean, does that have to do with detoxification? Or is it something different? Oh,
1: that's an awesome question. Uh, I think it has to do with the combo of detoxification, stress, whether it's physical or psychological, and your nutrient levels. So this gene in particular will be super dirty if you have low methylfolate in your diet or supplements, like your prenatal, for example. If your diet is low in methyl B12, which could be a vegan or a vegetarian. If your diet is low in riboflavin, vitamin b Two, And then just like detoxification, if you've been exposed to industrial chemicals in your lifetime, you have a big risk of this gene being dirtied up. And so absolutely detox plays an incredible role at creating this vulnerable gene to sort of throw it in the wash and and scrub it
0: clean. So I think that's a really good point. So then genetic testing would be a really useful thing for a a person who wants to conceive and have a baby and carry it to term and have a healthy baby, it seems like genetic testing would be a really um, novel and important tool.
1: I think it's really exciting. It's, It's like a gold mine. We can start with working it as a tool for fertility, and then later on, we can work on it for health prevention. If you have certain illnesses in your family, we can work towards preventing those or at least finding that lock and key answer towards your, your risk factors in, oh. in
0: family health. Okay. So what other nutrients are important in um, to investigate before you conceive?
1: There are just so many. I think um, that's why it's so valuable to talk to a naturopathic doctor around this topic. Uh, it's not that you will not conceive if you're nutrient deficient. It, it's more that you'll have likely a longer time to conception, a potentially more side effects in your pregnancy and a potential high risk in miscarriage so there are so many nutrients but if i could fine tune it a little bit i'd say vitamin d food sourced or methylfolate choline or also known as phosphatidylcholine iron <clears throat> potentially essential fatty acids And then any other nutrients that we deem as a deficiency based on the patient's diet or their symptoms.
0: Wow, so every patient then is getting a pretty individualized program. Oh, absolutely. I mean, based on their um, symptoms, based on their
1: past experience with fertility and miscarriage, and based on their, their diet. I mean, for example, if they've been vegan- a, a large part of their life but perhaps haven't explored certain nutrients
0: then they may be at a potential higher risk so okay so well that that's really interesting now you we've talked a little bit about detoxification how does a person detoxify um before they get pregnant or preconception uh, and male and female jo- not just the woman
1: thank you for saying male and female It's such a valuable point here because fertility really is 50 50 50 It's not just that you're contributing half of the genetic info, but the impacts and the investigation, it really turns into statistics 50-50. So men need to work on potentially their own hormone levels and their sperm health and as women work alongside with
0: with their ovarian health. Okay, so let's talk about hormones. What hormones are involved in fertility? I think a shorter question would be
1: what hormones are not involved. I guess uh, rather than giving you a, a long, exhaustive list, I think that it's more valuable to, to again, go back to your point, uh, point before, that fertility is highly individualized, mm. and the hormones that you need a workup on is dependent on how you're experiencing life and your body and your stress and how, how your menstrual cycles are. So ultimately... The, uh, I can highlight one hormone. And uh, again, I don't want to leave, I don't want any of them to feel left out because it's sort of like players on a basketball team. You know, they do communicate and work together. And if one hormone isn't doing well, the other ones suffer. But I get to talk about my favorite hormone. So that's me. I get to be selfish here on using this guy. So um, the hormone is called progesterone. Um, it can occasionally be used even in men for severe sleep concerns. So um, ultimately, progesterone's job is to hold and nourish a pregnancy. So for some women, that would be valuable in terms of preventing miscarriage. In others, it would be valuable for caring to term. In others, it would be valuable for having a long, longer post-ovulatory or luteal phase so if you're a yogi and you're familiar with yoga or chinese medicine i consider progesterone the yin to estrogens yang so when we think about yin we imagine calm dark sleeping growing nourishing growing a baby and it kind of breaks down these opposites. So where, where progesterone will help us thin the lining of our uterus, promoting a lighter period with less, less volume of clots and sort of a thinner consistency in a bleed for a shorter period of days, estrogen pr- promotes a clotty, thick, heavy, congested cycle, where progesterone, if it's at high enough level in your body, prevents breast cancer Estrogen out of control can be a risk factor for breast cancer where progesterone can boost our thyroid hormone to help with thyroid conditions, or even to it's the kind of cue for a body to raise our temperature after ovulation. So I think um, that kind of gives you a little bit of an idea about the relativity. And um, I just wanted to also speak about the sort of super superhero powers progesterone too (laughs) so this this hormone is definitely a fertility aid and I use it through the first trimester to prevent miscarriage and also it enhances ovulation and promotes a longer phase after from ovulation to menstrual cycle and these values of estrogen, and I'm going to list them, but each of them gives you an idea of how I can use progesterone as a treatment for a whole variety of conditions. It's really phenomenal. So progesterone will reduce inflammation. Therefore, I use it a lot in autoimmunity. It can help build muscle tissue, promote sleep, protects against cardiovascular disease, reduces or cures PMS, reduces stress or perception of stress, calms the nervous system, again, to help us cope with that stressor, removes the allergy chemical histamine, particularly in women who have cyclical allergic symptoms. Their their allergies get really bad or hives get bad right before they release the egg and right before they have a menstrual cycle. Um, And then in, in these folks hoping for fertility goals, progesterone maintains healthy ovarian follicles, for the
0: 100 day, for their 100 day development. Okay, you mentioned a bit ago about miscarriages. Can a naturopath in their program for preconception um, and and pregnancy and uh, can they help put together a program that will reduce the risk of miscarriage? I
1: think the the answer is yes and no. For example. Uh, there's evidence that um, 30% of pregnancies can end in a miscarriage, whether that's known or not. It might just appear as a heavier menstrual cycle. So uh, miscarriages are extremely common. But in the role of progesterone or the thyroid two or other hormones in balance, you can enhance the strength of the uterus to hold the fertilized egg. So that speaks to progesterone's name. Pro means to promote... Gestate means to gestate or grow a baby or carry a pregnancy. So I think that the answer is dependent on the reason why the woman may be having miscarriages. Is do they have uh, MTHFR issues with those genes? Do they have low progesterone? Do they have low thyroid? Do they have a clotting disease? There's I think if, the neat thing about working with a naturopath is we're addressing the root cause of, of, of the miscarriage.
0: Now, when you're working with um, somebody who, who wants to get pregnant, how long before they actually get pregnant do you encourage people to come and see you? Well, I'm an idealist, and <laughs> I like to uh, imagine that we can
1: reach out to people and, and reach out to women you know months before they're they're hoping to conceive uh, most of the women come into my office when they've already been attempting conception for several years or at least for, for 12 months and they've been given that once you've been attempting to conceive without birth control for 12 months you're, you're given that kind of designation so i i think um the best approach should be six to 12 months really before you hope to conceive. I mean, we have so much work to do. We want to make sure you're not deficient in any nutrients that you'll be providing to the baby. We want to make sure you're high in nutrients to prevent postpartum depression. We want to make the, the baby have the best. I mean, there's so many nutrients that we can use to prevent asthma, help to prevent asthma in baby help to prevent seasonal allergies, help to prevent eczema so, and as, as Beth, you mentioned earlier, the, the factor of to- toxicants and, and chemicals and industrial chemicals, there's so much work we can do to educate women about reducing exposure or cleaning, help to clean these chemicals out of the body. There's a neat study that um, I know I've referred to and Dr. Yim has referred to before that can seem a little bit overwhelming, but we, women in our pregnancies, we do pass up to 300 chemicals to to baby that's what's been measured in the umbilical blood so it's it's a big deal these days to kind of balance our antioxidants with our
0: toxins so what i'm hearing is the importance of of seeing you before you know when you first start talking about uh, that baby talk and six to twelve months before i mean that makes a lot of sense preparing the body right my Mm -hmm. other question about progesterone i want to go back to that a little bit again how do you test for that like how do you find out and how often like do you test a woman before she conceives during the trying and and when she's pregnant or or what is what is what does it look like well most often i would test it after ovulation so
1: usually somewhere between day 20 to 23 of a woman's menstrual cycle I like to test estrogen and progesterone together by a saliva test, which we have in the office. And you you really need their relative as, as estrogen is the yang and progesterone is the yin. If you look at one hormone, it may look normal. However, if the other hormone is skewed, the relativity could be totally off. So for example, if you're, progesterone on its own looks normal but your estrogen is through the roof you have what we would call a relative progesterone deficiency so i would that's sort of a basic basic starting point but um, i probably also throw in cortisol to understand the relationship between ovulating and stress is it a blood test Usually I do these these by saliva, but again, it does depend on the patient because from time to time we will do these also as a blood test. It's really patient specific.
0: It can be either or. And and as a naturopath, you can um, do a requisition for these tests, right?
1: Absolutely. We can do tests that are private within our office, a little test kit that we give to patients where they collect saliva samples. And also we can send patients to life labs for blood samples, which you know can be... It depends on the timing i mean right now we're in a unique
0: situation where we're unable to go to life labs but um, that will change soon what kind of tests would you use to determine any the cause of infertility would that be the same as the hormone test thank you for that question i think that
1: one of the main starting points would to determine if the patient's ovulating or not and testing the progesterone would be a big part of that and also understanding how many days they have after they ovulate. They need to have at least 11 days in the luteal phase, that's the post-ovulation phase, leading up towards your menstrual cycle. So progesterone is incredibly valuable to confirm ovulation, at least on that particular cycle. Uh, Second, I I spend at least half an hour talking about a woman's menstrual cycle history and, and how long their cycles are and their flow and PMS and cramping. And so progesterone one role in that, but um, there are many other hormones and, and tests. So I guess my answer is, yes, absolutely, please work it with a naturopath. A main goal is to determine if you're ovulating, if you have not been,
0: um, what does your body need to get that going? Okay, well, thank you for all that. Uh, we're almost uh, at the end of the show. So I just wanted to um, add just a little note. And that is um, just a little personal note about you. And you have two daughters, do you not?
1: I do. I have two sweeties. They're five years old and three.
0: Fertility is something very important to you.
1: Yeah, it's really important. And it's also super exciting. I feel really passionate because I've had amazing experiences in my pregnancies and my deliveries and had two beautiful Home births, the best experiences of my life. So, the more I can share, and a lot of it really does come from a personal level, the more um, I feel like I, I get a great connection with the patients.
0: Well, thank you very much, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye bye. Bye now.